Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. Today we're going to talk about the concept of compassion fatigue, which is usually defined as diminished ability to empathize or feel compassion for others. Compassion fatigue is actually a term that describes a physical, emotional, psychological impact of helping others, often through the experiences of stress or trauma. It can be mistaken for burnout. Now, with these definitions, can compassion fatigue apply to yourself? Like, can you be in compassion fatigue for yourself, especially if you're recovering from a trauma, in which case you would need to rely on others to provide you with that compassion? Sometimes you can't find compassion for yourself in your marriage, in your parenthood, spirituality, or in your career because you're dealing with trauma in one or more of these situations. When you can't find compassion for yourself, there's a strong possibility that you need to process trauma in any or each of these fields. Trauma itself renders us less capable of cultivating our own compassion and puts us in compassion fatigue a lot quicker. First and foremost, I cannot emphasize enough the need and the importance of cultivating compassion for ourselves. That directly affects our ability to have compassion for others, especially when it comes to being in service of others, even more so when it comes to taking care of children or family members. Children can see you not having compassion for yourself. They observe you being your own worst critic and your own judge, jury, and executioner. And they internalize that behavior. That shapes a whole new generation to be stuck in the same pattern. Compassion fatigue is what sets in when your inner critic is really loud and always at work. Your self-compassion tires out. One of the questions I was trying to answer for the longest time is, can you find self-compassion in each and every situation, even trauma? Or is there a point where you need compassion from outside of you, like from a support group, friends, spouse, or a licensed mental health professional? Is there a point where self-compassion completely runs out? And what I didn't realize in asking this question is that I was making a very common mistake, and that is that I was a victim of good old black and white thinking. The question I was asking is, at what point do you have no compassion left for yourself because of a trauma? At what point... Do you absolutely need outside help? How much trauma is enough to leave someone completely void of self-compassion? And what amount of trauma can leave some compassion for yourself? Nothing as usual is black and white. It's just gray. Maybe you have some compassion remaining for yourself in some areas of life and not others. Like you're a really staunch critic of yourself when it comes to your parenting skills. Or you're very harsh to yourself when you make an error in your studies or in your career. You might have roots in any of these fields coming from your trauma, but you might also be more forgiving of yourself in other areas, like gardening or cooking or studying or driving. You let go of more of your mistakes and you are more flexible in learning and progressing in these fields because maybe that's not where your trauma lies and you have not tied your previous experiences to these other fields. So the call to action here is notice In what fields are you more self-compassionate? And in what fields are you in complete compassion fatigue for yourself? 
point here is if you can identify that you can be gentler and forgiving for yourself in some areas, that would mean that you are not a lost cause. You have some self-compassion left. The gene is working fine. <laughs> well, actually, there is no gene that codes for self-compassion. So don't go start looking for it. <laughs> so then you can borrow that same talent and nurture self-compassion in areas where your brain allows absolutely no wiggle room. You have to start that practice. Another theme I keep running into is that people say we have to have support when it comes to recovery from trauma. Yes, it is true that we are biologically wired to be social creatures and to need a community around us. We can use this community to perceive compassion from others for ourselves. Notice how I said perceive compassion, because if you're recovering from a tragedy, then of course you will need a community to help you through. But that perception of compassion from others is still dependent on you. So it can then translate into self-compassion. Other people showing compassion to you is a circumstance. It's outside of you. Presence or absence of a strong support system is your qadr. It is what you make it mean is what matters. And that is entirely up to you. There can be two case scenarios. Imagine you are in a place where no matter what anyone says to help you recover, they try to convince you whatever happened was a mistake, everyone messes up, or it was a tragedy, it wasn't your fault. If you are not ready to perceive that compassion, there's no way you will believe them. And there's no way that will convert into self-compassion. So the perception of that compassion still remains your responsibility. Meaning there is no compassion chemical that can jump from somebody else's body into yours, giving you a boost of compassion. You still have to receive it coming from somebody else through your own thought filters. I say a group and a community support is a huge plus and a big blessing. But there are some of us who feel very alone fighting our battles. So it becomes very, very important to nurture self-compassion and recognize when you are in compassion fatigue. Social support is needed, yes, but self-support is a requirement for healing. The opposite side of the coin is also true, meaning you can perceive compassion coming at you from all different places, even if you're fighting your battles alone, without any social support. And like the rest of the world, again, there is no black and white, it's just gray. The answer lies in that there are people who can practice self-compassion in the most severe circumstances, and then there are people who need a support system in place at the slightest notion of an obstacle. Like always, there is a middle path that is recommended. What you absolutely need is clarity and insight if you are coming into compassion fatigue. Then you can ask yourself, is this the compassion that I can provide myself? Or is that something I need communal support for? There is an upside and a downside to seeking compassion from somewhere outside of you as well as from just within you. If you can't find compassion for yourself and you're constantly fed that you have to have a support system, chances are you would have given all of your healing power away to an outside entity. To a lot of people in this world, that outside support doesn't even exist. It's sad to say, but mental health counseling is not a universal privilege that every human being enjoys. Even though the philosophy of coaching is making it more accessible to more and more people, that support still remains outside of the realms of reality for many. Restore your own healing, then look for others to help you restore further. That is the best case scenario. 
I attended a coaching mastermind and seasoned coaches kept repeating that most common theme among their clients is that they are so very hard on themselves. Clients are constantly judging themselves. One coach went as far as saying that everyone is dealing with that self-critic in some shape or form. And these are all non-Muslims. But this idea is translated in our religion through the concept of our nafs and the waswasa of shaitan, where he will be our worst self-critic. If you can level up the skill of being more compassionate towards yourself, you will have an upper hand on most of this world's population. Also, it will give you more self-confidence because otherwise you can be a target of further manipulation by others like family, friends, therapists, even life coaches, either on purpose or inadvertently. If you are always looking for that healing from outside of you, you can be easily manipulated into living someone else's life. You might at that point be following somebody else's dreams. Most lay people and unskilled professionals help others out by giving advice. And if you are in compassion fatigue for yourself and rely on others to give you that boost, that advice, they can easily send you in the wrong direction, which is not the path meant for you. Especially if you are constantly taking advice from others. So it becomes very, very important to have that self-respect, that self-worth, that self-love. Identify it even before you try to look for help from outside. At each and every point in time, when you are lacking compassion, experiencing compassion fatigue, especially for yourself, you have a choice to make. Ask yourself, am I enough to heal myself? Do I need help? If I do need help, where can I find it that is going to be effective and safe for me? Who can I be vulnerable with that is not going to put me in a deeper hole or hurt me more? Ideally, you have a combination of both. Ideally, you have achieved some level of self-compassion, worked through the fatigue after identifying it, and reached to a point of understanding that your struggles are independent of you as a human. Your struggles do not mean that there is anything innately wrong about you or with you. And with all of that, you have found a tribe to help you support through the struggle. If you take anything out of this podcast, just remember, identify when you are relying on an outside source to find compassion for yourself and when you are solely relying on that because that can be very detrimental. Always identify when you are in a place to be able to receive compassion from others. This combination of self-compassion and being able to receive compassion from others will bring you clarity and you'll be better equipped for healing. And in that case, it is also important to remember that that external force will be less likely to take advantage of you. You will be more vigilant and you will stick up for yourself. You will advocate for yourself. You will have your own back. At any point in time, if something is not going right, your gut will tell you, I do not deserve this kind of treatment. And you will be more equipped to walk away because you will always have that self-compassion to rely on. Experiencing any type of struggle, death of a loved one, losing a job, not finding the right spouse, being stagnant in your career, struggling with studies. Any of these struggles can be very lonely, especially when you're embarking on a self-development journey based on this struggle. 
These struggles can be related to life-threatening, traumatizing events, or they can be related to just having a leaky faucet. Again, emotional trauma is what you perceive to be traumatic, not necessarily what others agree to be traumatic for you or not. What I mean by a leaky faucet struggle is that you are otherwise living a privileged life, but there are little things around you that pose a struggle for you. In this case, in the first world country, and most of my clients are in severe dilemma because they think that they have every privilege under the sun and they have no right to have struggles. But knowing that they're still having problems and their biggest struggle is about having problems with the struggle. (laughs) It's like a double whammy. You're creating a struggle on top of the struggle. To snap out of that cycle, just know that your struggle doesn't have to be around abuse, rape, murder, or poverty. Your struggle can be daily mundane nuances like a leaky faucet or cold coffee. You can use any of these perceived problems as an invitation to start your self-development journey. No matter how you come to this journey, you have to go through it to empower yourself. That is just the design of Allah. That's the sunnah of Allah. So you can recognize the bigger picture, ask and answer the more existential questions of life, like, Why are you even here? What is the meaning of life? So when you are on this journey and you are experiencing compassion fatigue and you are not finding a good resource to rely on for your strength, one person you can constantly bet on is yourself. Because that self-compassion is a muscle that you can develop. You will always be there for yourself. If you cannot find self-compassion in a given moment, then distance yourself from that event and then work on finding neutrality in that situation. If you can't distance yourself physically, then distance yourself mentally. Borrow self-compassion from other fields of your life and plug it into the areas where you're having difficulty being gentle with yourself. Always remember, everything that happens outside of you is neutral. Your qadr is neutral. Your mind is what assigns meanings to these things that are happening around you. If the meaning your brain is creating in any given situation is through compassion fatigue, then distance yourself from that moment. Practice this skill until you can start seeing some space between your stimulus and your reaction. Use that space to find self-compassion and to restore from compassion fatigue. Human beings are extremely resilient creatures. Even if you think you have nothing left, you always have some room to find that compassion for yourself. If you rely solely on that external validation to get you out of your problems, that can be very detrimental. Every time you find a problem in your life, you will look to the outside of you to have it solved. Also, allow yourself to be in compassion fatigue. It's okay if you ran out of energy to restore yourself. The worst thing you can do about it is judge yourself for not having enough energy all the time. That will cause insult to injury. Identify the timeline when you are in compassion fatigue and give yourself permission to go through that. If nothing else is available to you, just be curious about it. Curiosity is my best friend. It always saves me in times of compassion fatigue. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He helps us find love within ourselves, for ourselves. It is only through self-love and self-compassion that we can recognize the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. Please make dua for me. If you can identify with any of these topics and you think that you're stuck in your life, 
unable to grow? Then make a free consultation appointment at islamiclifecourseschool.com with me. The reward of disarming that reptilian brain, that constant self-critic that burns through your self-compassion energy like wildfire, when you can learn to quiet that shaitan's voice, it is so, so rewarding. It is a far greater skill to learn than any other skill that is taught in schools. So book your appointment today and let's see how we can start bringing you out of your compassion fatigue, inshallah. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah, I will see you there.